127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew? We're on all three mics. Oh my gosh, this sounds funky. You hear that? One, two, three. Stereo. Woo! Wow. back. That was cool. Thanks for that. You're welcome. That was on all three of the mics. We should have passed that one over there, too. poorer than us. 127 on the mics. Oh, it's just Zach on the mic at this point. There's not an S on that sign. I know, but you just had three of them. You're right. You're so very right. True. I agree. What's up, boys? Zach's on the mic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded good. That's nice. gonna be that's gonna be some smooth hey, dude, DC. We, <laughs> that's gonna be some smooth DC. Dude, we're not gonna have any we're not gonna have any background like trumpets this week. Well, you don't know that. You yet. say that, yeah, but true. we don't know. We truly do not know. There was a sneak attack on the trumpets last time. I know. I didn't think we'd be able to hear it, and then you can you back start listening. It's just like very faintly. <laughs> very in the that's awesome. I love that. Well, good times. What y'all been up to today, man? Just hanging. Getting checking boxes, yeah. Checking boxes, dotting, like, <laughs> dotting, <laughs> dotting the eyes, crossing the T's. Is that what it's called? Uh, th- nobody crosses me. I cross people. I definitely have crossed you up before. Ooh, spicy! I could definitely drain one out of one hundred threes on T. I bet you could do more than that. I, I bet you're better than one percent. I don't know, bro. Am I just staring at him, or am I guarding him? Guarding him. Guarding me. Guardian. You don't think he makes more than... Uh, you're going to be tired at the end of proving this, both of you, side note, because oh, yeah. 100 threes being guarded is challenging. We'll make this happen. But I'm taking yeah. the over on one. We'll set the line at 1.5. I got to make at least one. Are we actually doing this? If you set it at 1.5, it's still the over on one. <laughs> no, I'm taking... He has to shoot a three? Yep. Yes. That's a weird statement. Yes, he has to shoot a I'm three. I'm taking the under. We'll make this happen, Zach. What if we, what if we just do a one-on-one? I got to make one basket. That's it. No, it's one on one, and you get a hundred opportunities to, to make a three. a three. But like, here's the only I'm thing taking is the under. like my thing here. Okay, listen, I don't know basketball really well. Yeah, but if he just knows I'm shooting threes, he's just gonna like sure sit and guard me tight when I can just push the basket. He's gonna be he's gonna be in your grill. Yeah, but I still think that you're at least making two of a hundred. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think yeah. he's making one max. <laughs> we need. Wow, you have no faith in me. Today. I don't know if I like. We this. gotta figure. It's not out. that I don't have faith in you. I have faith in defense. We have to figure out like what this is going to cost. Hey, speaking hey. of that, we we need to time forty yard dashes in our ministry. We need to make this happen. No thanks. Listen, uh, y'all try to make us athletic, but our ministry is not athletic. Yeah. <laughs> no. Somebody, I think Colby said this the other day. He said, "For as athletic as our ministry looks, we are extremely unathletic." Oh, for and sure. I, and I would agree with that. Yeah. I think a lot of our guys think they're athletic. I think our girls are considerably more athletic than our guys. I would agree with that statement. I already said I'll it. die on that hill. Our freshman girls will beat our freshman guys at pretty much anything. Oh. <laughs> I, I will take I'll take Sayla against any five guys in any sport right now. <laughs> Just by herself. 1v5? 1v5. She'll She's making it. at least two threes. Against you? If not me, more. oh no, she's making more against me. Oh, okay. Yeah, against five guys is what you're against, saying. No, okay. five guys, she's I'm taking the at over on one and a half. Yeah. What would you say, Sayla? Would uh, what's growing you in a hundred attempts, three pointers, three pointers? Yep. Um, I feel like I have pretty good defense, so I don't know. I'm just trying to see the the athletic comparison between me and her right now. Yeah, but more than you. Well, what number? I don't know if I could put a number to that. 
infinitely more athletic than me? Five. Is that what you're going to say? Five. Okay. I can take that. I can take that. Yeah. Yeah? How many How many points do you think she's scoring on you in a one-on-one? Oh. No threes. Oh, Just she's... Game. A game to 11. What's the score? Uh, 11-0. How bad do you think she beats Cooper? 11-0. <laughs> Man. Cooper getting... Cooper just doesn't have the speed, the, the acceleration, you know? You, you could you could actually just like say that he's a he's a faker. A faker? He's a, he's not the real thing. No, he's not. He could dress like he's the real thing. Oh yeah. He could pretend like he's the real thing. He's not the real thing. Not the real thing. I would agree. There, there's your transition. I have no idea what that transition was, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's your transition all day, and you missed it. I did. I I was trying to sense it, but I don't know what you're going for. What, what, what are we talking about today? A fig tree. Talking fig, about a fig tree? Fig tree. That curse on the fig tree. Why? Because it, it, it looked like a fig tree, but it... But it's not. It was a fake. Golly. It didn't produce, it didn't produce. produce that fruit. It didn't produce nothing. Yeah, just, just a, like Cooper's just a basketball game. You can show up, you show up wearing the jersey, wearing the shoes. That's what I'm talking about. But... But when it comes to the game, no fruit. Come on now. Well, welcome. Thank you for that. Welcome to No Fruit Sports at 127. (laughs) This podcast, we're talking about sports, guys. Now, uh, a lot of times, honestly, though, we honestly are. We have been in a series called Absurd. Um, This is week, what, six? Six. I think it's six. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've just been walking through stories in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, um, that just are kind of outlandish. And we've dive, dove into them, um, seen what we can gather from the story itself, and then kind of applying it scripture-wide um, to get a bigger picture of God um, and getting some new perspectives on, on what the gospel is because of these stories. And so today, talking about the curse on the fig tree. Sure. It's found in two of the gospels. Matthew and Mark. Yeah. Matthew and Mark's. Mm-hmm. That's kind of wild. Um, those, those things always, before we even jump, jump into that, the, and I've, and I've read things on why certain stories are included in some some of the gospels and not other ones, but that always, that thought sometimes is just interesting and and really, I think ties to the validity of scripture, not even drawing away from it because those are, you know, personal test testimonies of what Christ did. But yep. Yes. Matthew and Mark. What do we got? It's, uh. For those who are following along, Matthew 21, yep. 18 through 22, and then Mark is chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. 12, 13, 14. Yep. Early in the morning as he was returning to the city, he was hungry. He being Jesus. Not Matthew. Good word. Seeing a, seeing a loan, seeing a space loan, not a loan, but a loan fig tree by the road. He went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. At once the fig tree withered. Side note, what? At, at once. At once. When the disciples saw it, they were amazed and said, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Which is the obvious question. What happened yep. there? And Jesus answered them, truly, I tell you, if you have faith to, and do not doubt, you'll not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you will receive whatever <clears throat> you ask for in prayer, Ooh. which might be the more absurd yeah. part of the yeah. statement. When we talk about the fig tree, people are just like, he killed the fig tree, not yeah. what he said after it. Yeah. Yep. That ties into, I mean, number of verses kind of jump out of, you know, whatever you ask in prayer and the Lord mm-hmm. will give you. Um, so 
the the difference so let's just go ahead and put this out there because we may go here i'll just read the other one too from mark chapter 11 yeah the next day when they went out from bethany he was hungry seeing in the distance a fig tree with leaves he went to find out if there was anything on it when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season of figs and so at that point you would think well of course there's no figs on it because it's not the season of figs naturally and he said to it may no one ever eat fruit from you again and his disciples heard it. It's bold. That's it. And his disciples heard it. That that would yep. be the end. So there's the difference between the two stories that I would say are the same account, but the two different perspectives. Reports. Yep. And to kind of put this into a little bit of perspective, this is Jesus' last week um, on earth before his crucifixion. Um, He's in a bad mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, walking in being celebrated. And then the, I think this is the next day. I could be wrong on that. It may have been the same day. I think it's the next day. Next he went to, went in Jerusalem, went back to Bethany, and there was only back to Jerusalem again that they saw yeah. the victory, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Leaving Bethany, coming back. Yep. But obviously the first question that we've been asking, and we can go any direction here. There's a lot of absurdities in this kind of story, but um, what kind of sticks out to y'all is, is truly absurd. Uh, why, why he mad? Jesus. Why yeah. Mad? It's a great question. It's a great question. It's a great question. Why, why is he mad? No, I, saying, I think you got to know the, the background of what's going on time, time period, all that, all that fun stuff. So you go, I mean, I flipped there before. I mean, literally right before this, what, what happens? Jesus cleanses the temple. This is the famous word. Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who sold and bought in the temple and he overturned the tables. Like that's just a, a lot of people know that story. And so that literally happened right before this. And or so in Mark right after. Yes. And Mark is right after. <laughs> oh, <laughs> take, take that. Uh-oh. But, it, uh, oh. And so leaving, I mean, I'm sorry, I was reading the word leaving yep. uh, during all this. And so you see that, I mean, he's, he's upset about this, um, the, the cleansing of the temple happening. And so he's basically denouncing their worship is what's going on. And so I'd, I'd be probably pretty upset if I saw that too. Um, and so, I mean, you see this and you see the um, city, you see Jerusalem. Jerusalem. There you go. That's another word I can't spell. And so you 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 leave this city who's supposed to be worshiping um, God and they're not. And so I'd be pretty mad about it too. And so he leaves and then he sees a, a fig tree that is full of leaves and typically the way fig trees work is the fruit comes before the leaves. And so the fruit then blends in the leaves. So you have to get up to it and find the fruit and all this stuff. And so typically when you see a fig tree and you see it leaves, it means there's fruit on the tree. And so he's, he's leaving faker. A, Yeah. They're a faker. faker. He's leaving, he's leaving a nation. <laughs> Sorry. He's, he's leaving a nation that in a, probably a very similar way has, has the leaves showing and the world around him thinks they're worshiping. Um, God and doing the right thing. But then when you get there, they realize they're not. And so he sees this fig tree and he's like, oh, this is this is this entire city right now. This is this nation who has their leaf showing, but there's no fruit to it. And so watch this. Um, Done. It's, it's an interesting kind of idea to look at because his chosen people are not even truly worshiping him. They're mm-hmm. putting on this kind of front. And I like... When you are, and I can't sit in this spot and be like, you're a father to a children, because I'm not, but like even just a leader within a group of people and, and someone comes to you and is just putting up a front in front of you, like I would be upset at that. 
Um, even if like someone is struggling, I would appreciate like honesty coming forward, uh, within that. And so I can see that as being a huge frustration. Um, and I could be wrong, but I think fig trees sort of like are a representation of Israel, um, symbolically. And so, um, basically his chosen people are basically fakers, (laughs) um, and have a lot of, uh, I got this religious, nope religiosity religiosity there it is i got it religiosity there it is um which is basically like very pharisaical um following the law but not truly truly living in a relationship with them and so there you go the the term beth page it's where this thing was at Beth page um when when the the word itself is broken down. Um, it it literally means the house of unripe figs. Wow. Um, and so that that's the the city name. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. Is the house of unripe figs, and so they <laughs> they show up in Bethpage, which is at the Mount of Olives, which is where Jesus ends up sending his disciples to get the, yeah. the donkey and the colt. Um, there at the beginning of chapter twenty one. Um, and so like that sets up even just the thought of like where, why they got that name, the house of unripe figs, which again, what you speak to is that the fig tree symbolizes Israel and this fig tree is a direct like symbol towards the fruitlessness of Israel. That's, that's actually going to come to light even more so in the coming days. And so the cursing of it was Jesus I like to, we joke, like he's just in a bad mood. He's just hangry at this point. Like if he would have gotten a Snickers on the way, then that tree would have survived. It would have been, it would have been okay. But, but really that cursing of that fig tree is also just a, maybe a forewarning, a, a, an example of what God is going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a, there's a judgment um, that is to come that is based off of fruit. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not when we say that, here's the theological side note, it's not based off of the fruit that you produce. You produce fruit as a believer. You don't produce fruit to become a believer. You don't produce fruit so that you're a better believer. As a follower of Christ, you will bear fruit. They will will know you by your fruit. I mean, that's, that's our only example when people are like, well, how do you know if someone's a Christian? Well, I love the question because I can't dive down into their heart and, yeah. and know. And also there's not a there's not a switch that's flipped in the heart anyway when we mm-hmm. open up to know that. I, I don't know their inside. But scripturally, you will know them by their fruit. Like I, could, I should be able to see somebody and go, here's some mm-hmm. examples that they yeah. are chasing after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And our judgment is based upon that. Um, and, and I'm on the team that like our judgment, the fear that a lot of us have in that is a... Um, it's okay to have that fear, but a lot of times we we push that fear into the judgment of all the bad things that we've done mm-hmm. instead of the fear of all of the opportunities that we miss to give God glory. Yeah. So it's a fear of um, sin versus a fear of lack of fruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in the in the church, we're always pretty good about hey. Don't do these things instead of, Hey, do these things passionately chase after these things. Um, because that's the side of judgment that I'm more afraid of Mm. to, to be able to look at God and, and see, I know there's no heartbreak in heaven. There's no sadness in heaven or whatnot. There's no pain in heaven, but, but to maybe understand, uh, disappointment where I missed an opportunity to give him glory. 
Like that's worse. Yeah. That that's so much worse. Yeah. Um, I would rather on this earth. I would rather um, do something wrong intentionally to offend my wife and like know that it's coming than mm. to than to unintentionally do something and yeah. to see the pain that I've caused her and then catch it afterwards. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. so much worse. I don't want to do either one of those things for sure. Obviously. Yeah. But the second one is just like ah oh, like. Like I missed, I missed a birthday. I missed an anniversary. I missed celebrating mm -hmm. you. I missed making you famous. I like things like that on yeah. this planet, so much more multiplied towards God. Mm -hmm. And this is that type of judgment where he's going, you could have, yeah. you had everything in you to have fruit and you do not mm. on you fig tree. Golly. That's Which, on, that's on fig tree right there. Hey, it brings up the question. Yeah. Like, is the fig tree guilty? The victory do something wrong? I, I don't know. I, not the victory itself. I don't think. I, I, I really think this is a, and I could be in a completely wrong spot. I'm about to expose myself, but I really like. <laughs> I really think this is just like a representation of God's judgment, and not so much like, man, this tree is wrong. I'm about to curse it. Um, but um, I think like even just like how quickly it happens. Um, instead of it like withering over time, over two weeks, like God's judgment doesn't, um, like take time. <laughs> um, like he is going to be the righteous judge right now. He will be in the future, mm -hmm. um, and will continue to be. And so, um, I really think it's just like a, again, a representation and honestly, like a warning to Israel of, um, and, and his people in general. So not even just like looking back to Israel, but even now, um, like, are you again, producing fruit in your life? And, um, it kind of rose a question. You kind of already kind of addressed this, but maybe we can dive a little bit deeper of um, maybe someone believes that they are a child of God. Um, trying to choose my words carefully here. And they like don't even see fruit in their own lives. And they're starting to question like, am I truly saved? Like, what does this look like? Um, and we obviously read in John 15, abiding um, in the Lord. Um, and the Lord is the true vine and like it's a two-way street, but the Lord continues to abide in you. So you must abide in him uh, to produce fruit. And so what would you say to this person who is struggling with seeing fruit in their own lives, but truly believe that they are a child of God? Does the question make sense? Yeah. Okay. He's kind of looking up at the ceiling. I like it makes sense. Repeat the question one more time <laughs> for me. So a quote unquote believer, um, is struggling with the fact that they like aren't producing fruit in their lives. Like, what would you say to that person? Okay. Yep. Um, you kind of already hit on this again, sure. but because what we're seeing here is that that fruitlessness fruitlessness leads to leads to the judgment of this tree. Yeah. And the same thing echoes all throughout the Old Testament, because Israel is just over and over again described as the vineyard, as the tree, as the plant of God. Um, and so any, any Israelite and at this point, uh, anyone that was hanging around Jesus would know, um, that, that fruit is an important thing. Mm -hmm. It's an important thing to God and that on the tithe side of things, the first fruits belong to God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus had the right to go up to the the fig who was producing leaves early and be like, "Oh, there's got to be fruit here. I, this is mine." Um so he he had that and they would they would have probably understood this. Um how important it is. Mm. And so when when we understand the Old Testament connection to what's happening here and then we want to fast forward this to a New Testament application that we live in, um 
how do I, how do I process through that? Because at the same time where so-and-so would come to us and go, I, I don't necessarily see fruit in my life. How, mm-hmm. how does this come about? Um, they have the argument that the old Testament was just is filled with stories like that. Just yeah. echo of yeah. people that just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, and the Lord and his kindness continued to restore. And so uh, I want you to hold on to that is my first thing to them. Um, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He is compassionate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like he has, he has those things in him for you on this planet. But the flip side of that is that um, God calls his people to produce fruit. Yeah. There, there's just, we can't, you can't get around that in any way, shape or form. Matthew 3 verse 8, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Um, that's one like little start. So, so if you're struggling to bear fruit, Matthew three, eight, here's your, your start. You yeah. bear fruit by just keeping up with repentance. The, mm-hmm. the spaces that you struggle, repent those to God and yeah. see him grow that in you. Um, Matthew seven, uh, 15. I was, I was thinking 16 in my brain. It's, I think it's 16. It starts. It's like that. You will recognize 15, them. Yeah. yeah. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Yeah. Um, like that's the command, uh, 13, eight other seeds fell on the ground. So it produced grain, some a hundredfold, some 60, some 30, that, like the, the, the scattering of the seed, that's oh, that production of fruit thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Luke chapter three said, therefore to the crowds that came out, baptize them, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath, um, to come bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Um, so he calls them to that, uh, again, it's just over and over again. Yeah. Um, and that the bearing of fruit is found. Like when we talk about abiding, we talk about what, what we read in, in John, all of those things. The, the foundational side of that is understanding your need for the gospel, understanding your need for Jesus, which is rooted in repentance, which is a thing that we're probably pretty terrible at yeah. um, as a culture. But, but this takes us to a thing that's now the culturally cool thing to do in churches is to talk about revival. Mm-hmm. Revival is, is forged on prayer and repentance, yeah. not... Mm-hmm gathering. Yeah. Not how many people can we get together in a space? Um, it's, it's forged on those two things. Mm. And so like our fruit is biblically found in repentance. And so people that are struggling with that, I would go, well, I, I know the prescription for you yeah. and knowing the prescription, then I also know your ailment mm. because if the, if fruit is based off of repentance and you're not bearing fruit, then you're struggling in and sin and bringing things to the light. And so that's where I'm going to push you. And a lot of people would rather just be like, I want to have pretty fruit, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to go through the labor of repentance because that side of it is not, it's not pleasant for any of us. Like repenting, (laughs) repenting of things, not the fun card. I listing the forms of question on mine. So for the, Obviously, the believer, we understand what fruit is, but for the unbeliever, and we'll, this will probably be a very quick answer, for unbeliever, like, what even is fruit? Like, I know, like, if I'm, I'm sitting here as unbeliever listening to this, and I've never heard this, I'm like, what the, what the heck are you talking about producing fruit? What yeah. is fruit for a Christian? Just like, yeah. short and simple. That's a good question. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, fruits of the Spirit. Yes, sir. Um, I'm not going to be able to remember because I didn't watch Veggie Tales. Peace, patience, <laughs> kindness, gentleness, self-control. How many are there? There's what? <laughs> Seven was of them? How many was that? Did you get five? I think I got five. Uh, self-control. I already said self-control. <laughs> Twice. Keep doing it though. Cause it's, control, it's, self-control, it's, a, it's self-control. an important one. Uh, He's going to go look at it. I don't even know what you said. Love. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Love is the first Easy. one, right? Love is the first Easy. one. Yep. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Self-control. And aren't there 11? 
Self-control. <laughs> keep going. Yeah, I, I need to memorize that. So the question was, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Is that what, is that well, what he, you're he's saying? He's saying these fruits. Fruit, like, and like so an unbeliever fruit. listening to this, is we, I think we always got to answer it in that direction. Sure. Somebody's yeah. never read scripture, you're like, okay, Christian producing fruit, what, like, what even is this fruit? Yeah. Is this like good works? Is this, like, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. And I think a lot of people... Um, when they think about this idea, jump to the book of James, faith without works is dead. Um, but you also have to keep in mind the context of which James is written. It's written to uh, believers in in Christ already. And so yep. um, this is just repeating the idea of like abiding in the spirit um, and that these fruits will be produced and not so much the other way around of fruit being produced is then a pathway into salvation and that's incorrect and then it's false. Um but as far as the simple definition, like fruit is of the spirit. And so if you're not abiding in the spirit, these things will not um, come about in a way that's glorifying to the Lord, but you're just going to try and, and grip a little harder for them to appear in your life. If, if that sort of makes sense, that analogy. Um, and, and one thing that um, I thought was really interesting in John 15, um, every branch in him that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Um, and mm-hmm. pruning is a painful process. And so even as a believer, you're going to continue to be refined, um, into the image of, of the sun, um, which is challenging and it's hard. Mm. Um, but it's also a sweet promise that the Lord gives us. Um, and then you continue to grow in these, these fruits, um, that come from the spirit. That's good. That's good. Dad. That's money. Yeah. I, I misquoted. There's nine, nine fruits of the spirit. And one of the cool things theologically on the simple form, but for an unbeliever to hear this, when we read the fruits of the spirit in Galatians, then after the list of the fruits of spirit, where it ends with self-control, the one that I wish I had more of, it says the, the law is not against such things. ESV is like against these things, there is no law, which means that when you function in them, you have no concern. Because hmm. um, then it goes on after that to say like those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified in the flesh, which also connects us to the John 15 binding and branches. Like the pruning yeah. is painful and yeah. the crucifixion of flesh is painful because this is why. Fruit of the spirit is life and it, they're life bringing things. And when you function in them, you have no concern. You're not, you're not worried about living yeah. by the law. You're not worrying about offending. You're functioning by the spirit Be- because the opposite of that, the flesh is dead things. Mm. The curse means that our flesh dies. Life is only found in the fruit of the spirit. Um, and so like we can strive and we can do these things and you're like, well, I can be faithful as, as a non-believer. I can be good as a non-believer. Um, I understand the argument mm-hmm. and I have found unbelievably peaceful, patient, what I would say, like kind, gentle human beings yeah. on the planet mm-hmm. who will spend eternity in hell because even in that their, their works are still dead works. Mm. And when I got down to the root of why this is one of the, the coolest examples, we got stranded, um, some of you heard this story before, but real quick, we were flying back from Nairobi, Kenya, um, to Texas. And you go through, uh, through London on this and we're sitting there at like 11 o'clock and watch the, uh, airplane driver who was hauling the, a step, a set of steps to like load stuff onto the plane, drive it right into the side of our plane. Like not, ah, not lead. slow, fast where the, the whole front of the plane kind of shifted a little Smoked bit. It. And so I'm looking out the window. I was like, well, that wasn't good. Yikes. About 30 minutes later, they come over and it's like, we have a slight delay. We have to repair a seal on the airplane. I'm like, yeah, I just watched the guy crash into the side of it. That slight delay ended up being an overnight delay. We didn't fly out of Nairobi till the next day. So we missed our connecting flight in London. We land there and this woman, um, I think for, worked for Continental Airlines, um, was, uh, was Hindu mm. and was, was the kindest, nicest, like mm-hmm. was 
served us so well. And it yeah. was like a team of 12. And she was like, I, I know that you're stuck here and I apologize. I've already made you hotel reservations. We're taking care of that. Um, we have these compl- complimentary uh, Starbucks gift cards. We can go downstairs Shoot. and get you like, she's just, and then, and so this went on for like an hour and a half, two hours of us staying at the airport. And she said, okay, now your, your bus is here to take you to the airport. We got you a bus. Um, and as we're walking out, she walks us out to the bus, like had zero need to do that. She could have been like, Hey, it's outside of, you know, these doors just go out there. And on the way out there, I said, Hey, I, I, I just want to compliment you. This has been like the best service mm. ever. Like wh- you're not the typical airline employee. Yeah. If I can be yeah. <laughs> frank with you, yep. why? She said, well, my beliefs is, is if I'm good now, then I'll come back as something better later. Mm. I don't, I don't want to come back as a worse thing. I, I'm, I'm striving for Nirvana. Basically I'm, mm. I'm trying to get to the end and I'm like, you're, what you're doing is found in the law what you believe to be the law. It's found in the flesh. Yeah. Your, your desire to be these things for us is selfish. Mm. The fruits of the spirit don't have those things. They become That's a good. natural response to people because they're not found in your flesh. They're found in the spirit. And so it's a, it's a flip for us. It, yeah. And, and it's easy. It's so much easier to be patient and kind and gentle and faithful and loving to people when you don't have to think about it. Mm. It's good. Like you, you yeah. need to be do, you need to be practicing, you need to be leaning into the gospel, but when it becomes a natural fruit mm. of your daily life, then, then it's just easier. So that, that's the, the explanation of the fruit yeah. um, that, that we believe that you can attain as a Christ follower. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was honestly going to ask the question, like I was going to ask, like, do y'all think it's simpler than a lot of believers make it out to be? Um, cause I think like to your point, a lot of people are trying their mm. just hardest to like be kind and be gentle and be humble and be all these things. Uh, when like, there's just clear outlines of scripture that's going to bring about these things, go therefore and make disciples. Like that's going to bring about fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. um, repentance. That's going to bring about fruits of the spirit. Worship to him is going to bring out fruits of the spirit. And, um, like those things I think are pretty, you know, like challenging within themselves, but a lot simpler than, than we make it out to be. And so, um, yeah, that's what that's how we've messed up the commission a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Jesus says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all baptizing, teaching them all that I have commanded you." Why? Because of verse eighteen, all authority has been given to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, um, and so as you lean into this relationship with me, this is what happens. Mm. Not go and do these things. Yes, do these things. Yeah, but you do these things because you've experienced me, and all of that authority is found in me. And this will be the natural byproduct of. I'm just giving you the explanation of what a faithful Christ follower will look like. Yeah, not a command. It is a command. It's a commissioning, but it's it's not this prescriptive go and do. It's a result of abiding. Mm. This is what will happen. That's good. I love it. Well, I kind of want to jump to the second half of this. I think, we, I think we got the fruit part, but yeah, the um, this, this prayer part I think is probably throws a lot of people off, especially newer believers. And we've kind of brought in like the unbeliever side of this with like, what is fruit in general? Um, basically the idea of ask whatever uh, you believe in your heart, you need to, to confess before the Lord. And if you believe in him, like it will be given to you. Um, I'm just going to kind of open the floor and see, see what direction the Lord kind of takes this. But um, this verse can definitely be taken out of context if we just grab it and put it up on a a bumper sticker. So, um, <laughs> what what kind of thoughts we got? Oh man, um, I'm just gonna read it one more time um, for all of you to catch this. The, the tree withers. Jesus said, "Truly, I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, 
if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you tell this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, it will be done. And if you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Mm. Um, the, the disciples look at what happened and they went, how did, ah. how did that happen so quickly? Yeah. Um, and so they, they instantly, well, I think they missed the significance of what he just did mm-hmm. and maybe what he's calling Israel to and speaking to the, the judgment that's soon to happen um, and are in wonder. And so he flips their wonder back on their head and said, hey, let me, let me voice to you the power that is mm. available to you. Um, which I think now becomes a, what does this mean actually in context Mm. to us? Because you're right, this gets perverted in a lot of ways. And so what I'm gonna let you let T run or one of you run, like what, what is actually the context here that he's pushing us to, to understand, or at least your thoughts on it. I was looking at something else. And so I'm ready for this question. Good. Well, I'll, I'll first say this. I think, um, Let's see. If you believe, I think is honestly an important part because I think a lot of us, um, if we truly believed how good the Lord was, our prayers would shift dramatically, drastically. drastically. Um, And I think like part of this is like, I think a lot of our prayers that we kind of try to put into this verse of like, man, I want more money. I want a new car. I want all these things like, are you really truly believing in him? Or are you just believing that he's, he's a genie kind of floating around mm-hmm. wanting to give you stuff? Sure. Um, and so I think kind of putting this into perspective with what just happened with this fig tree, like he's telling them he has the power to do this. Um, and do you believe he has the power to um, be able to stand outside of time and have a plan for your life? And would you be able to abide in that? And if you believe that, if you ask in a way that's you abiding in him, like he's going to give it to you. Um, but if you're just sitting there, like I kind of half hard to believe what you can do. And I just like want your power, but I don't really want this pruning, this, this process of becoming more like your son. I just like want the gifts that you can give. Um, I don't think that's truly believing in him. And so that's kind of the direction my, my mind went. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, you see it. They had said they, disciples saw it. They, what they marveled, like they sat there in amazement saying, how did the victory wither at once? And so, I mean, immediately it wasn't this, they're, they're seeing this and they see it, they wither and they're like like you did that, like, Lord, Lord, like, how'd you do that? It was a, like, how'd you do that? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it goes on to say these things. I mean, there, there's a couple of verses I go to is, um, James, uh, one, five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let ask God, uh, goes generously to mm-hmm. all without approach and it'll be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, with no doubting for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind for that person must not oh, suppose boy. that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's double-minded, unstable in all his ways. And then I also go to, I'm flipping there or typing, typing, typing there. there, typing there. We're going there. And I think it, it, this is funny. And, uh, <laughs> this is one of my like favorite places to go on this and, and being a, a prayer team in a past and prayer team trainers, these guys and, and talking to them and be like, man, like I, I've prayed for these things and they haven't been answered. And like even yeah. walking alongside people, 
um, and, and seeing like, like I, I prayed for, like, I was having to make this decision. I don't know what to do. And I've been praying to the Lord and he hasn't like given me like, Hey, this is what I want you to do. But sometimes like him giving you the option, what I'm saying is sometimes him giving you an option is making him, making you decide so that you can have faith in him and see his faithfulness in that. But going to Matthew seven says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find a knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds until the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, and this is where I really like this, and it sounds weird, but if his son asks him for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good things to you to those who ask him? And I love this, and it sounds weird, and I'm going to explain it, but I love that he specifically says, if he asks his son for bread, who gives him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. And I think a lot of times we get so fixated, and I look at this as I see bread, is there are so many different types of bread. There, there's there's wheat bread. There's the there's tortillas. There's hamburger buns. There's Hawaiian rolls. There's Those like there's all these different things. And then you look at fish. Is like how many different types of fish are there in the world? How many different ways can you cook fish? And that sounds weird, but I love that he uses those because I think a lot of times we get fixated as like, man, like I really want this whole wheat bread or I just really, Lord, I really want you to do this thing in my life and I want it done this specific way and you have to do it step A, B, C, and D for me to be okay with it. Hmm. But then he answers it and it looks a little different. But we said is like in this, it says, who asks his son, ask him for bread. Like, okay, hey, there's so many different types of bread. And so he gives it to us in a different way that is probably better for us. I take that back. That is better for us. And I think a lot of times when we're asking these things is is we're not doing it out of faith. We're we're doing it out of, I'm going to say a little bit of selfishness and pride. And we're saying, Lord, is like, answer this because this is what I think is best for me. I need you to do thing A, B, C, or D because that's what's going to benefit, benefit me the most. Yeah. But then he's saying, hey, like you're not asking that in faithfulness. But when we ask these things in faithfulness, we're like, Lord, I need you to, to put me in a place that's going to better allow me to seek you, worship you, and show you to those around me. He's going to answer it how it needs to be answered. And so I think a lot of times that's what faith is. Faith is not saying, Lord, I need you to give me $100,000 right now. It's mm-hmm. saying, Lord... Bless my finances so that I can bless others around you. And so coming from a family of teachers is like, we, the teachers don't make a whole lot of money, but it is praying that prayer is we, he, he allowed us to step into some places that it wasn't like, Lord, we need $200,000 and that's going to be you being faithful. It was like, Lord, bless us in our finances so we can bless others. And so he gave us some really, really cool opportunities to where we were able to do that. Did that look like $200,000? No, it didn't. It didn't look like a whole lot of money, but he was able to bless us. And so mm-hmm. us asking these things in faithfulness is, is I think doing it out of a place of like, Lord, I don't know what that looks like, but I know what I want the result to be. And I want that result to be me worshiping and glorifying you amongst the people I'm around. And so that is asking stuff in faithfulness. It's not saying, Lord, do this so I can be faithful. It's saying, Lord, you're going to do something and I'm going to be faithful. It's mm-hmm. good. Totality, totality of scripture is important. You take you take what happened in twenty one and go. You're gonna be able to kill trees, and if you stay in the mountain, 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 go ahead and jump over into the sea. You're gonna be able to do that too. It's not the first time that they've run across Jesus talk about moving mountains with prayers. Yeah, four chapters before Matthew chapter seventeen, this cool little story. We'll, we'll try to go through this quick. When when they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt down before him, and Lord, he said, "Have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers badly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water." I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Mm. Okay. And so that's a different kind of question. But then Jesus replies to them in verse 17, you unbelieving and perverse generation. Now, um, he's not talking to the father. 
mm-hmm. because the father is showing mad belief. Yeah. He took him to the disciples. Please heal him. You can't. I'm taking him to Jesus. I believe he can heal him. There, there's a belief in him. He's he's calling the disciples out yeah. in, in his response here. How long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? <laughs> yeah. It's just like put up with the disciples. Bring him here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And from that moment, the boy was healed. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why could we, why couldn't we drive it off? Verse 20, because of your little faith. Um, and so the, you connect the two and you go, well, like you're going to be able to do this, but it's going to be faith driven. It's the stuff that T was talking about because of your little faith. He told him for truly, I tell you, if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, then you will tell this mountain move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And, and a, a real sober reminder of this. And, and we have like, like I think about our adoption journey. It's been just a really, really long journey. Um, but, but I can zoom, we've been asking God to bring her home for a long time and we believe that he's going to bring her home and I'm praying bold prayers. Like, Hey, I want that phone call tonight. I want to be interrupted. Um, I want our summer plans to be wrecked, like, like things like that. Um, and so I think I'm hyper spiritually, maybe putting myself in a posture to see that happen. But then I see other people, um, Shane Pruitt, for example, who has, who has a son, um, who, who has like severe medical issues. And, and he, he had a post the other day that he, he has people that keep telling him when he posts, God can heal is what Shane will do. Guys will call him out and girls will call him out and be like, like no, God will heal. Like you need to have this faith. God will heal your son. Hmm. Um, and, and, and we understand like the heart behind people saying that, but there's no biblical evidence yeah. that that, yeah. that will happen. Yeah. The biblical evidence is that God can, hmm. I have the faith that he can. I'm asking him to, I'm not holding him to the will. Yeah. side of that. Um, but all of that is wrapped up in this when he says this moving of the mountain thing. This is this is not literally, hey, you know what's going to be cool? Like the cool power you disciples are going to have? You're going to be able to move mountains. Like that's going to be sweet. That's going to accomplish much for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. When you walk outside and you're like, watch what I can do, mountain move. Yeah. That would be powerful. But more than that, he's going, what I am calling you to is that you can have the faith to do the impossible things. Mm. But in the impossible things, this is, uh, this is 1 Corinthians 13, the, like the love chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the gifts to do this, but not. If I have faith so that I can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Mm. Yeah. Like that's, a, that's such a bold statement connecting to like, hey, move mountains, move mountains. based off of your faith. But if I have the faith to do it yeah. and I move the mountains but it's not in love, then I am literally nothing. Mm. And so even that challenge connecting to like to what T was talking about, there's nothing that Christ authorizes on this planet to do that is not for God's glory, but there that is also not impossible. Mm. Um, and so like we have the faith to be able to do anything. And so literally you could look at these two stories and go, does God want me to move mountains? Literally? The argument's kind of there, but it's weird. Yeah. yeah. Literally, he wants you to be able to do the impossible mm. as you exercise your faith in front of people, because that's going to be the channel. Often the faith of God's people is the channel through which God chooses to reveal himself in incredible ways so that large numbers of people come to himself. Yeah. We see that over and over again. And so when you have little faith like the disciples had here, um, then they miss an opportunity um, to, to make him famous. And, and so again, that faith side of it goes back to fruit bearing, goes back to repentance. 
And so uh, Luke 17, five, Lord, increase our faith. Mm. Like that should be a constant prayer of us because as we walk in faith and we begin to function more in the impossible and as we walk in faith, walk in faith, like repentance is a thing that should <laughs> rise up in us, which means fruit rises up in us. Yeah. Like the formula is really, really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so then it can push us to the prayer of the impossible to do some of these things where people go, eh, like I'm not seeing the miraculous in your church very often. Yeah. And I would agree with that a lot, um, especially in the American church. Um, but most of the miraculous that we see is going to be found in people's um, combination of faith and repentance that pushes us to see Christ more clearly, desiring to make him known, not build a stage, not build a brand, not, mm. not you know, catch, catch a glimpse of something cool so that it goes viral on social media. Yeah. Um, but for his glory, that would be the start. So. That's good. Yeah. That's our, that's the story. <laughs> you want to say something about it? I was going to say, I, and, and this is even, it's even probably going back to where we, we started. And I love that John kind of circle circled back oh, around circle. But as I, I think a lot of times and him, even just talking about that and the, the faith and without faith, this like without or without love, like faith is kind of worthless. And so looking at these things and is going back and looking at the fruits. And, and one of the things is even we were talking about it last week with two of the guys I meet up with weekly. Um, talking through through James and just works or fruits or um, really whatever whatever you want to call them, um, and and so is looking at it is I think a lot of times people they can I can go to the grocery store and I can I can grab some fruit that does not mean I'm a tree that does not mean I'm rooted in Christ <laughs> and who He is okay like I can go okay. and pick up fruit and this is and, and I think a lot of people try to do that they're like hey I do these things but like where are they rooted they're not like that's just how it is. Um, but as Christians, it's like when we're rooted in Christ and who he is and what we're doing, like that's when the fruit is going to produce itself. And this is something we said last week, but it's that salvation is by faith alone, but that faith will never be alone. And so like John is saying is our faith is never going to be alone. What we mean by that is like when you have true and genuine faith, like those fruits are going to follow, um, which I think is really cool. And so I like that John kind of pulled it back that way and and circled it back around is that that faith, like it's never going to be alone in what we do Um, is when we have true and genuine faith, those fruits of spirit are going to follow. That's good. Love it. Fruit. Prayer. <laughs> Prayerful fruit. Fig trees. Praying fruit. Absurd. <laughs> Crazy. Just a fig tree praying for fruit. Fig tree praying for fruit. I bet that fig tree was praying for fruit when it saw Jesus coming. So we think fruit plants have the ability to intercede before the Father. And on week six of absurd next week. Um, yeah, no, that's week seven though, but oh, good try. Seven. Take that. Yep. All right. Any final thoughts? I don't think I got anything. I got nothing. Not a pinata. Yeah, Fruit. Actually, I finally want a special guest next Not week. a pinata. Oh, a special guest next week. We'll see. Oh, yeah. That's gonna be Fruits, crazy. fig trees, and 500 baseball. <laughs> that was good. Wow. I All got right. you. That's it, man. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys back next week. Maybe a special guest. Maybe not. We'll see.